that out. <laughs> she says to her future self. I know. That's a problem for, for future, future Caitlin, Caitlin and future Savannah. Savannah. <laughs> Welcome to the worst thing we read this week, where we talk about the books that we hate to love and love to hate. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Savannah. And welcome back to our podcast. Weekly. Are you wearing Jaybirds like a headband? How are you supposed to wear them? That's supposed to go around the back of your neck. Yes, like that. That makes a lot more sense now that you say that. Oh my god. Oh my god. I've never. Listen. (laughs) Listen. I stole these from my mom. (laughs) She wears them on her motorcycle. (laughs) i've never seen them used before i don't know i don't know where this this thing looks like a headpiece i don't know where it goes she looks like she looked like matilda with like hearing aids with cords coming out of her ears well i'm gonna take that as a compliment i don't know how technology works okay i'm just i'm you're never going to live this down you'll never live this. listen i'm like an old person all of my friends know this i'm fine i'm gonna be that lady who's like get the technology off my lawn <laughs> get rid of Mer Siri. Let's just all get rid of Siri. She has like a Galaxy like six or something. Like she's so behind in the times. It's a Galaxy seven, first of all. Oh, and second well. of all, I like it a lot. So, anyway, disclaimer of the week. Um, Caitlin's mean to me, but but we already okay. knew that. I forgive her. <laughs> Um, and we mean no harm to the authors. We have no authority besides the fact that we read a lot of YA novels and we like talking about problematic tropes that we find inside of them. And for some reason, you guys like listening to us do that. So we really appreciate it. Each week we do buy a paper copy of each of the novels to support the authors. And we recommend that you do as well when you are financially able. So since these episodes are not spoiler free, um, we did want to give you guys an updated book list. We did have a dear listener, Robin, who called us out on Instagram. Thank you, Robin, for doing so. We're supposed to be posting the book lists on Instagram and we haven't been doing that. Um, With us going bi-weekly, we kind of got off track with that um but also the we is me because i'm in charge of the instagram and i've been sucking at it lately so thank you robin (laughs) but to be fair i run the twitter and if like don't go look at it because i think i've posted like three times so you're doing better than i am (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway we're gonna step that up (laughs) so um with that being said on the 4th of march we have legendary by stephanie garber Um, And then on the 18th of March, we have Chosen by PC and Kristen Cass, which, uh, cast, I think I always say Cass, but it's cast, which by the way, accuracy is not our strong point. (laughs) I think we have a word from our sponsor. I think we do. Thanks, future Savannah. Thanks, Anchor. So, Caitlin, (laughs) what are you drinking this week? I'm drinking... Teton Cider Works Bourbon Barrel Peach Cider. Because they were out of hear it anymore. They were out of the cranberry cider that I like. They don't sell any of it here. Utah sucks. Is the moral of my story. What are you drinking, Savannah? Um, I'm drinking this leftover wine that my mom's friend left in her closet. So that was there. She gave it to me for Valentine's Day. (laughs) 
Happy I mean, Valentine's. one gets better as it ages, right? That's a rule. <laughs> not when it's already open. Like, I'm not a wine connoisseur or anything, but I think it, like, taints the wine. Cool. Well, I didn't want to know any of that. Before we get... Oh, Savannah is... Now, when I say Savannah chugged the rest of the red wine, um, it would be a large gulp to any normal person who's drinking wine. But You're saying I'm not a normal person? I'm saying that you don't drink like I do. Hop right on over that statement. (laughs) So, the summary. (laughs) Before we jump into this book, if you haven't listened to the first book of the series, which is just After by Anna Todd, uh, please go listen to that episode. For God knows what reason, that is by far our most popular episode. And it is arguably, we would say, not our best one. So, if you really liked After, chances are you're really gonna like some of our other episodes. So do that as well. Yep, yep, yep. And then for tonight's episode, we're covering After We Collided, which is like after, but ten times worse. Savannah's holding up the book to me like she's doing a book report in class. (laughs) Is that not what we're doing? Is this not high school? (laughs) I took notes. I I took notes. I wrote a thesis. (laughs) Just an update. This is not my summary. This is the summary on the back of the book because it's not accurate and I just want everyone to know that. After a tumultuous beginning to their relationship. Understatement understatement of of the the year. year, (laughs) Tessa and Harden were on the path to making things work. Were they though? Were they really? Tessa knew Harden could be cruel, but when a bombshell revelation is dropped about the origins of their relationship and Harden's mysterious past... Tessa is beside herself. Harden will always be Harden. But is he really the deep, thoughtful guy Tessa fell madly in love with? Who? Who are we talking about? Fell madly in love with despite his angry exterior? Or has he been a stranger all along? She wishes she could walk away. It's just not that easy. Not with the memory of passionate nights spent in his arms, his electric touch, his hungry kisses. Still, Tessa's not sure she can endure one more broken promise. She puts so much on hold for Harden. School, friends, her mom, a relationship with a guy who really loved her, and now possibly even a promising new career that's not even really a career because she does nothing but have sex (laughs) on her desk. She needs to move forward with her life. Harden knows he made a mistake, possibly the biggest one of his life. He's not going down without a fight. But can he change? Will he change? For For love? love? I feel like an important thing to note about this book is we not only had to suffer through one perspective, but we had to suffer through both perspectives of this book. After we collided slash lay the foundation for the circle of abuse, which is really all this relationship is, we move straight into, it basically picks up right where the last book left off. So Tessa's in a car with Zed, driving off, Hardin's feeling angsty. My favorite, like, I don't really care about Hardin's perspective or point of view at all, but he just, like, ends all of his angst as he's watching her drive away in the car with, where is she going now? Is it someplace where I'll ever find her? Like, she's got to fucking come back to class, dude. You're in, like, five classes together. You go to school together. (laughs) Like, I don't think that she's moving to Canada because you broke her heart. When we had left them in the last book, Tessa, like, runs off with Zed because she she just found out about the bed. So Zed is like, here, come get in my car and I'll take you away from here. And throughout the first chapter, she's like, I pity Zed. Like, he's such a nice guy. Da-da-da-da-da. He also was trying to have sex with you for money. Yeah! 
and never said How anything. How is that the good guy at all? Well, of this? and and also he's like <laughs> supposedly in love with her. So now remember from the last book, Harden forces Tessa into a lease basically so that she has less incentive to leave him. She doesn't want to go back to the apartment, so Tessa decides that she's going to get. A ho- like a motel room so she starts staying in like a motel and in the meantime she goes into work and her work is like oh my gosh tessa we're opening up a new office in seattle and we're taking one other two two other of your co-workers out with us so it's the boss the boss and his the boss's girlfriend and some guy named trevor who's in like accounting and they decide that the next perfect person to take with them is Tessa, the intern, mm-hmm. who gets paid two hundred dollars a week. Anything she doesn't do anything. She like goes into work, and I swear, every time she goes into work, she's like traumatized. And they're like, you know what, Tessa, you should go home early. And she's like, are you sure? And they're like, yes, you do so much for this company. And I'm like, what? What does she do? <laughs> So she's staying at this motel, and miraculously, a hot accounting co-worker, Trevor, is also staying in the motel. And he ends up driving her to work in the morning. She's still very upset with Harden, because this is like, I don't know, fucking day two of their breakup. They don't make it that far. (laughs) But he fucking follows her to work. So he's, like, waiting outside. He's like, well, I thought you might need a ride home from work. And she's walking out with Trevor, and he gets fucking pissed because she's walking out with Trevor. And this boss-ass bitch says to Harden as they're fighting, I feel sorry for you because you will never be happy. You will be alone for the rest of your life, and for that, I feel sorry for you. I'll move on and find a nice man who will treat me the way you should have, and we'll get married and have children. I will be happy. (laughs) (laughs) I wish all of that were true. Also, also, this is the reason why when... That guy that I met once at a bar was like, where do you work? I didn't tell him. Don't I tell mean, men where you I work, mean, ever. Yes. I, I like, don't care if you've been in a relationship with them for like a year. Don't ever tell them where you work. I don't care if you're married. They should not know where your place of employment is. Stay woke, Stay queens. woke, stay safe. <laughs> she goes into her hotel room, her motel room. Trevor's like, I'm just going to slide in and just hang out with you for a bit, order a pizza. And... <laughs> They're having this conversation about Harden and, like, how she wants to move to Seattle. And he goes, a woman like you shouldn't be kept in a box. You have a lot of talents. I can tell. I'm just like, who the fuck is Trevor? And is he, like, a 60-year-old man? Because that's how he talks. And he's over there like, nobody puts baby in a corner. Like... (laughs) He said he says a lot of really weird things, and I feel like his character is hyped up both in this book and in the second movie, because guess what, guys? They're making a second fucking movie, and you want to know who plays Trevor? No. Fucking Dylan Sprouse. I don't want to know that. So maybe I just, like, had heard things about the movie and just assumed that Trevor would be a bigger deal than he is, but he really only, like, matters in the beginning of the book, I would argue. Yeah, he just disappears randomly, and you're like, where did Trevor go? I thought he was going to (laughs) matter. Right. He really only matters for this whole debacle in Seattle. Right. Uh, Which, which, mind you, is a business trip that still makes no sense. But she's with her boss and her boss's girlfriend, and she's only 19, and they're encouraging her to underage drink this whole time. Yep. Which is just 
so troubling because it's not like she works for like this ranky date company like she works for a big fucking publishing company like this is a big deal that they're doing this okay but this is all i'm gonna say this is not a company thing this is a like thing that anna todd wrote when she was a teenager like thinking about drinking and i don't think she'd ever drank before because there's so many times where i'm just like this is not a real alcoholic experience like she's talking about how like and i feel funny and light and she just like has had like six drinks she never drinks ever in her life she's 19 they keep just like buying her drinks and she's like going off and dancing and having a good time and then she's like after i finish another drink and we talk about how great tomorrow will be i stand back up i'm going to dance again like you're eight drinks in, baby. Like, you need to chill. You don't want to dance. This is where you sit down, you look up, the ceiling starts spinning, and then you throw up for the next five hours. Right. 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 She's eight drinks in within two hours. Well, they're also ordering sex on the beaches. Like, sex on the beach. Not sex on the beaches. (laughs) One sex had on multiple beaches. (laughs) Figure that one out. You're, like, in a plane. (laughs) I don't know. Anna Todd has never had a drink in her life. Yep. And she's, like, she's, like, dialing Harden because she's drunk, obviously, and you drunk dial your ex. And she's, like, Harold? Harold, is that you? Oh, no. I just called him Harold. I'm drunk. (laughs) And then... They're trying to have a conversation, and she's like, sex is on the beaches. We never had sex on the beach. That could have been fun. And I just made a footnote because one time I got so drunk <laughs> that my – so I, I got really drunk at this party, and my boyfriend was driving me home. He came and picked me up, and we drove by a strip club, and I was trying to convince him to stop because I – was like it would be so hot to watch you get a lap dance right now and like clearly subconsciously i wanted that but like that's not (laughs) i don't even know where it came from and then he like brought it up the next day and i was like oh my god you're right i did say those words the point being words will come out of your mouth that you do not expect but you will not forget your boyfriend's name and also you can't have nine drinks when you've never drunk before and not end up trashed well, and then she goes back, like, after this phone call, I think she drinks more after this. She does. That's when she goes back and she's like, I'm going to go drink and dance more. And then this random guy pops out of the crowd and he's like, I'm going to dance all over you. And she's like, mm, this is getting a little weird. And then he's like, I'm going to make out with your face. And she's like, I feel really weird about this. And then he says the words, you were just all over me and loved it, you dirty girl. He says, like, it's obvious and not offensive. And I was just like... Are these real people that are existing? No. I've talked to creepy guys at bars, and I just, like, none of the dialogue makes sense. (laughs) Well, no, but it never has. That's all. And then, well, it's not all, because at that point, they start going back to their rooms. Harden's like, okay, Tessa is shit-faced. I don't know what's going on. I'm worried, but also an abusive boyfriend so he calls her boss to get her location shows up at her hotel room and trevor is in her room because he's like walked her back to her room his their phones get switched she picks up his phone and he picks up her phone so he's literally just back at her room and he's like hey i accidentally grabbed your phone i thought you'd want this in the morning and so she invites him in and that's the moment that harden shows up and she immediately knows fuck my ex-boyfriend is going to murder this innocent boy. 
And she says, I look at Trevor again before opening the door, trying to memorize his handsome face before Harden mutilates it. You know, as your as your jealous boyfriend does. Uh-huh. Because this is a this is a viable love interest in this world. But alas, instead Trevor leaves and Tessa starts threatening Harden that if he doesn't have sex with her right then, he either needs to one leave or she's going to go down the hallway and have sex with Trevor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so an argument ensues over whether or not Harden will have sex with Tessa. Harden, as Harden who is stone cold sober. Yes. And inner monologuing about how he knows that she would not want this if she were sober, but she's like and out loud. in and wasted. Yes. Then when she says either you have sex with me or you leave, that's when he's like, "Okay, well if those are my options, <laughs> pants are coming off." <laughs> And I'm sorry. Okay, this is what upsets me about this conversation. On a little bit of a more serious note, I remember, did you ever watch Switched at Birth? No, we we had arguments in high school about how I won't watch it just for its representation of the deaf community. Right, right. And I know that there's a lot of controversy. I know there's a lot of controversy over that. And like, I'm not qualified to speak on it. But if it's not good representation, then I'm not I'm not gonna argue that. There was a plot line in like a few seasons in where basically one of the main characters gets really drunk and has sex with a guy who is also slightly drunk she comes out of it and she's like i can't even remember last night so obviously i wasn't okay enough to give consent and he's like okay well i didn't know that and also i was drunk too and it starts like it it's a really good conversation that goes throughout a couple of seasons where they talk about consent and how it's like there's there's sticky places that you end up in sometimes like you should always ask for consent and you should not have sex with someone who is too drunk to give consent but what is that line and what if the other person is drunk and it was just like i feel like it was really well handled and it was a necessary conversation whereas like because it is it is a it is a blurry line right right all right whereas here it can be a blurry line this is a very straight bold black line yes whereas (laughs) here you literally just have a very sober, abusive ex who is saying, I know what I'm doing is wrong, basically raping his drunk ex-girlfriend. Anyway, the fact that we're getting so serious so well, soon Well, and then the whole next day they have, like, this argument where she's saying, you took advantage of me, I wasn't comfortable with this, etc., etc. And his retort back is that she was the one pressuring him into sex, so therefore... He, she took advantage of him. Uh And I'm also never going to uh, defend someone who is trying to coerce another person into sex with, like, threats and whatnot. Like, if you don't have sex with me, I'll walk down the hallway and have sex with someone else. Like, I'm never going to condone that, but the whole situation is so fucked up. And, like, I don't even really know how to take any of it. No, she keeps saying things like... We are walking this fine line between love and hate. It's strange and surely toxic for me. Yeah, girl, it's toxic. Why do we need 600 more pages? Literally, we are 95 pages in. There are like 600 more pages in this book. Fuck me. Oh, and then uh, in the middle of this argument, Tessa accidentally lets slip that she kissed a guy at the club. And Harden, because it's Harden, thinks that the only logical retort is to tell her that he had sex with Molly. And Mm -hmm. it's okay that you were kissing that guy, because while you were doing that, I was fucking Molly. 
And then I came over here and had sex with you. Which he didn't. He didn't have sex with Molly. Nope. Which he tells Landon, like, one scene later. He's like, she made me have sex with her, and she made me lie about having sex with Molly, and I just, like, she's crazy, dude. I don't know what to do. And this is seen as a valid argument. (laughs) Well, and at some point, she goes on a date with Trevor. They go out to dinner, and he pulls out his wallet, and he, like, makes a joke, like, you aren't one of those women who demands to pay half of the bill, are you? He teases Ha, I laugh. Maybe if we were at McDonald's. He chuckles, but doesn't say anything. Hardin would have made some stupid sarcastic remark about how my comment had set feminism back 50 years. And I was like, please don't insinuate that Hardin is a feminist or enlightened in any way, shape, or form. I love it when men mansplain feminism to me. It's my favorite. Tessa, maybe if we were at McDonald's, I'd pay for you. <laughs> I can't afford anything because I never go to work. <laughs> but also, I just keep same. having sex on the desk and leaving early. <laughs> so we're almost free. Like Tessa's, like I'm gonna go pick up my stuff from the apartment. I'm gonna move all my stuff out. I'm gonna be free and happy and alone. And she gets there and she's like packing up her stuff. And like before the bombshell drops, I just want to say she notes that Harden has hung his jeans in his closet. Like, what kind of monster hangs their jeans? Like, fold them and put them in a drawer like a normal human. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have a dresser or shelves. I don't I'm know. Sorry. I'm not making excuses for him. Only, like, cryptids hang their jeans. Like, he's not a real person. It's true. And I will support this thesis throughout this book. <laughs> And the only reason that she's at the apartment is because she hates her mom. Her mom is an insane person and it's winter break and she doesn't have anywhere else to go. And she thinks that Hardin's gone to London to visit his mom. So she's like, great, I'll have a few days at the apartment. I won't have to go home to my mom and then I'll leave before Hardin gets back from London. But uh, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Hardin walks right on in with his mom. His mom decided to come to America for Christmas. Naturally, as you do, he didn't tell his mom that they broke up, which, whatever. But then Tessa decides, oh yeah, I'll just go along with this ploy that he started that we're still together for the sake of his mom. For... It's like the, like the fake dating trope, but it's like so much worse. But like, why? <laughs> On top of that, Tessa then agrees to stay the night there. So she now has to like sleep in the same room as Hardin, even though she fucking hates him. And she's pretty sure that he raped her. But like, we haven't actually used that word. But now we get to have the sharing a bed trope. But they didn't share a bed. He sleeps on the floor because he's a perfect gentleman. Oh, wow. <laughs> because... Well, then I forgive him for everything he's done. He's sleeping on the floor and she's sleeping in the bed and he is still holding on to the sliver that exists, the small chance that she may forgive me. If she woke up now, she would surely scream at the sight of me standing (laughs) over her as she sleeps. (laughs) An Edward melodramatic colon. (laughs) See? Okay, listen. Listen. This is my theory. I'm going to stick with it. Harden's a vampire. Listen, he's like, he's super violent and super strong. He watches her while she sleeps. We've never actually seen him eating in this book. He never goes out in That's the sunlight. That's not true. He's always they just eat like, several times throughout no, they this don't. novel. I don't remember that. Um, also, we've never seen him in the sunlight because he's always like in this like shadowy, dark Okay, place. but now you're just making things up. 
I don't know what you're talking about. These you're are literally facts. making are the, I'm up. holding the book right now. I'm reading it in the text. And Hardin never went in the sunlight and never told me why. <laughs> it's on page uh, 34. <laughs> So, like, if anyone wants to look at my references, I've got them. And anyway. <laughs> so, Tessa decides that she's going to stay with Hardin and his mom for the Christmas break because she's so upset with her mother because she went home for a short stint, found out. And her mom knew and wasn't going to tell Tessa, but she had found out anyways and was pissed that she had no idea what was going on with her dad. Um, Mind so- you, it during this interaction, this isn't important to the plot, but, like, her mom keeps trying to get her to get back with her ex, Noah, who is, like, a oh, decent yeah. human, which she should. Tess is like, I know, mother, I care about Noah so much, just not in that way. And her mom's like, you don't even know what you're talking about. It's not always about love, Teresa. It's about stability and security. And, like, I feel like we're in an 1800s romance. <laughs> She's like... You're a wealthy widow and you must protect your fortune. Or at that point, just date women because women are arguably, actually irrefutably better than they men. They are. Also, I'm single. Just just everyone become a lesbian. Or, or a voyeuristic bisexual <laughs> who only... What is a voyeuristic <laughs> bisexual? Like, like, you're... But like... <laughs> <laughs> No, please, I want to know. I realize that my word choice of voyeurism seems kind of, like, sexual, like... (laughs) (laughs) What I meant it as is be someone who strictly dates women but admires men from afar because we don't want to get anywhere close to that. But I realize now that voyeurism has a much different... connotation i'm cutting all of this out on the first go through again my favorite part is when harden is like going out harden's like i'm gonna if tass is gonna go be happy alone i'm gonna go date other girls so he like takes this girl out and he's like she reminds me of tessa these are the reasons she reminds him of tessa she blushed when he cursed and she seemed a little afraid of him throughout dinner. Ah, yes, Tessa's defining traits. She blushes and she's afraid of Hardin. Tessa's staying with Hardin and his mom over Christmas because she's avoiding her mom. So it's Christmas Eve, uh, and Tess still hasn't gone home yet. So her mom calls her and is like, bitch, where the fuck are you? And she's like, I'm not coming home, mom. And but not her- with those words because her mom doesn't condone swearing. She is, like, starting to get to know Hardin's mom, though. Tess is, like, admiring her for her sense of humor. And literally the only interaction they have is she goes to, like, make breakfast and grab cereal. And Trish, his mom, interrupts her by saying, How about you and me get dressed and go get some breakfast and do some girl things? I could use a haircut myself. She laughs and shakes her brown hair back and forth. Her sense of humor is nice, just like Hardin's. What sense of humor? She's like, I need a haircut. Right? Shake, shake, shake. And Tris is like, I noted oh my that god, you're too. hilarious. I noted that too. <laughs> it suddenly like brings them back together because now she's like bonding with the mom. Even though he's consistently like breaking things and punching the walls and like continuing to be violent and crazy. She, 
By page 186, she's already agreed to take him back. So they're having, like, this whole confession of love. And Hardin says, We wouldn't have been together if I hadn't done such a fucked up thing. Our paths never really would have crossed, not in the way that has bonded us together so tightly. Even though it's destroyed my life without that stupid, evil bet, I wouldn't have had a life at all. And immediately Tessa's like, Oh my god, you're so truthful and honest, and I feel the exact same way! She's like, I wouldn't change anything either. When I think about it, when I really think about it, I wouldn't change anything. Anything? Anything does anything? I can think of, like, one or two things, maybe. Also, in the (laughs) middle of this, Tessa, who's still best friends with Landon, who's Hardin's stepbrother... Landon calls Tessa and is like, hey, Tessa, you know what would be a great idea? And she's like, what? And he's like, if you and Hardin and Hardin's mom came and joined us for Christmas dinner. And I'm like, yeah, that seems like a great fucking idea. Remember how Hardin's dad's alcoholism and debt to people resulted in his mom being nearly beaten to death and brutally raped in front of Hardin? I don't see why logistically it's weird for them to be in the same room together. No. And then how after that, he like left them, got his life together, started dating his new wife, who, and they now live in a super huge house and are rich. While his mom supposedly struggled alone in London for a very long time. That's not weird at all. But before we get into Christmas, uh, Tessa's mom shows up at the apartment. Before we get into Christmas... Who do you think turned Hardin into a vampire? Was it his mom or his dad? I'm cutting that out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Tessa's mom shows up and she is fucking furious that uh, Tessa and Hardin are back together. So she is... She is screaming. Her and Trish, Hardin's mom, start yelling at each other. Um... Tessa's mom is like, your son is ruining and corrupting my daughter. It turns into a whole thing. Um, Tessa's like, I'm not leaving here, mom. You can't tell me what to do. Tessa's mom retorts with probably the, you know, maybe my favorite line ever. Tessa tells her mom to get over herself. And Tessa's mom says, get over myself? You think just because you bought a few slutty dresses and learned how to put on makeup, you suddenly know more about life than I do? (laughs) This whole thing is just so dramatic. Her mom, like, lets leak to Hardin's mom what he actually did. And Hardin's mom is like, how could you, Hardin? I had hoped you were different now. I had hoped you had stopped doing things like this. Have you forgotten the last time? All of a sudden, both of their moms are like, get out of here. Go, Tessa, run. Run while you still can. And I'm like, she can't anymore. Like, he's already a creepy stalker. Like, he'll find her. Everyone in her life is problematic, and she just doesn't have any good options right now. Except maybe Landon. He seems pretty pure. Yeah. (laughs) Who is he supposed to be? Which one of One Direction is he supposed to be? I think he's Liam. I think he's Liam. Oh! uh, We- this, like, hard pause, wait. We never talked about how all of, like, how the oh my character God, oh my God, in the this breakdown. book. The breakdown. Okay, yes, yes. So, so since, obviously, Hardin is Harry, obviously, because I, I don't know why that's obvious. Hardin is Harry. Each one of them represents a member of One Direction. And I'm glad that you're Googling this because I can't remember. All I know is Hardin is Harry. 
Zed is Zane. I'm guessing Landon is Liam because, like, they start with the same letter. We have Harden, who's Harry. Logan is Lewis. Nate is Niall. Zed is Zane. Louis. Who the fuck is Lewis, Caitlin? I've heard it both ways. And (laughs) that's my line. Did you even watch the 1D documentary? No, I didn't. I didn't. Which, mind you, the only ones that we talk about are Landon, Zed, and Harry. So, like, the other ones don't matter. But also, when we found this out that they were, like, the other members of One Direction, like, our world just went up in flames. I found this out because my sister just had spinal surgery. And so we were in the hospital. And, um... She, like, wasn't feeling up to anything, but, like, the one thing she wanted to do was watch the 1D documentary. (laughs) So I went and got it, and we put it in, and we're watching it, and I'm, like, having all these emotions about it, because it's, like, high school all over again, and one of her nurses comes in, and she's like, oh my god, are you watching the One Direction documentary? And we were like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. She stayed in there with us for, like, 30 minutes, just, like, singing the songs and watching it with (laughs) us, and it was just, like, it was the best moment of my life. That's all. I love her. So Harden finally kicks her mom out, and he's being toxic as normal. He's like, she's she's like, no one's ever going to want to be with Tessa if she's with you. And he's like, that's the point. She'll never be with anyone but me. No man will want her. No man but me. She will always choose me over you, over anyone. And she's like, you are the devil. <laughs> I'm not going to just go away. She is my daughter, and she's too good for you. <laughs> he goes... I'll make sure to remember that when I'm burying myself into your daughter tonight. <laughs> Caitlin, I just, you had like, some feelings about that. I said, when he said the whole thing about, like, that's the point uh, that she's never going, like, that's the point I don't want any other man to ever want her. She's only ever going to have me. She's always going to choose me over everyone. I said, oof, big yikes. And then it was bigger yikes when he said that he was going to bury himself in her daughter. Big yikes. And also, it's just, like, it. it is a theme throughout this entire book. Like, even, and, like, I don't want to get into the sex scenes, but, like, even when they're having sex, like, to him, the sex is about her saying that, like, I'm the only one who can ever make you feel this way. Um, I'm the only ever, I'm the only, I'm the only one who's ever going to have you like this. Like, it's all very control-based. Like, he just has, like, he feels like he has, like, this ownership over her, and it's just... It's so toxic and gross. And, like, I know we keep using the word toxic, but Hardin is just, like, nuclear waste. Like, the mom had made, his mom had made an offhanded comment about how, uh, I thought you weren't going to be doing this to girls anymore. And then it comes into question, what is he not doing to girls anymore? And I'm over here like, okay, so he had another bet. Like, it can't get worse than that. Like, it's just that he's been doing this more than once and I was wrong. And I'm sorry. This gets rough. So... A Harden, after this conversation happens, is like, okay, I, I really need to tell you what's going on. He basically starts talking about how he had these friends back in London where they would do this fucked up thing where they would pick a girl and the friends would try and see who could have sex with this girl first. So there was that. Which is already <laughs> they, shitty. So we're, we're right. starting off at a very low note. Yep. And uh, then we, we come to this girl named Natalie. And he basically had, while they were having sex, taken 
pictures of her while like and she didn't know that it was happening he had filmed her and she didn't know that it was happening because they wanted proof so instead of bringing they wanted proof made a sex tape without telling her then instead of so he shows his friends and then they leak the tape his friends are like we want to have sex with her too and when she turns them down then they leak the tape they're using it to blackmail her into having sex with them. He says the video spread so quickly that her parents found out the day before. I'm sorry. The video spread so quickly that her parents found out before even a day had passed. Her family was really big in their church community, so the news didn't go well. They kicked her out of their house, and when word got around, she lost her scholarship to the private university she was going to that fall. And then he's like, he's talking about how Natalie had gotten, like, attached to him and and Natalie had feelings for him. So when her parents kicked her out of their house, she turned to Harden and and was, like, looking for a place to stay and he basically told her to fuck off. And so, essentially, he ruined this girl's life. And Tessa's pointing out as he's telling this story, she's, like, the most chilling part of this whole thing is how casual and cold he is about it. Like, he has zero remorse about anything that he did he had so little remorse about what he had done that he has a friend dan and when he came to the u.s and started going to college there he did the same thing to dan's sister (laughs) this time when he took the video he didn't show anyone he deleted it after oh i'm sorry he sent it to dan first Mm -hmm. and then he deleted the video and didn't and didn't tell anyone after that so at least Not at least. It's still fucked up. It's still horrible. He's such a horrible person. Bad. And Tessa's just like, I cannot do this with you anymore. I literally cannot. And he was like, but I would never do it to you. You're different. You're the only person I care about. And it's just disgusting. And like, honestly, fuck that guy. But like, don't. But like, well, but ah. to me, it got even worse because they she takes like a second to like think separate from him. She literally says, the worst part to me is knowing her name. It's kind of fucked up. But if she was just some anonymous girl, I could almost pretend she didn't exist. What? She's just like, I'm tired of this cycle with Harden. Like at this point, same. Like this isn't even a romance. Not I was like- fucking tired of it. Like last, like <sighs> I'm not even like, I don't even have the energy in me to like be funny because I'm so angry. It gets worse. He decides that he needs to get back into her good graces, so he writes her this letter that is talking about all of the fucked up things that he's done. And basically, at the end of this letter, after she's reading it and rereading it, she finishes the letter and immediately, like, goes over to Harden and is like, this is all I ever wanted you to say. I just wanted you to tell me all of your feelings. What? 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 There... And his letter is a fucking rip-up of Pride and Prejudice again! I was like, you can't- you could can have Wuthering Heights. I don't care. I fucking hate that book. But you can't have Pride and Prejudice. You can't have that, too. Well, that- but, like, that was the whole point that it was trying to make in the first book, is it was trying to draw those parallels. Does it really surprise you? I'm so upset. Mr. Darcy is shy, but he drinks his respect women juice. Somehow, somehow it gets worse. That's the, that's the tagline of this whole book. Somehow it gets worse. I mean, yes. Yeah, 100%. The treatment of women in this book, the treatment of traumatized women in this book is just like, 
so awful. Like, they they end up going to dinner at, so Tessa, Harden, and Harden's mom end up going to dinner at Harden's dad and new stepmom and stepbrother's house. And it's kind of awkward, but Harden's mom is being, like, really cool and, like, everyone's being warm and welcoming except for you remember what's happened in their past. Tessa has this moment where she's, like, thinking about how Karen, the new wife, got everything that Trish couldn't have the huge home, new cars, and most importantly, she gets a loving and sober husband. And also, Karen didn't get beaten and raped and left to raise her son by herself with no money. Also, Trish, it's not even that she just forgives what what happened to her. She is, like, completely over it. Like, it literally doesn't impact her at all. It impacts Harden more than it impacts her. And it's just another one of those things where her abuse and her rape was used as a plot point for a backstory for Harden. This is not something that you use. Like, male characters' motivations and character development so often is the rape of their mothers or sisters or girlfriends. And it's like... Right. It's not It's not about you. Tessa's talking on the next page about how this is why Harden has nightmares and anger and a lack of respect for women. And I'm like, he's an adult. That's his job now. That's not his father's fault. That's in no way his mother's fault. Like, grow up and get some goddamn therapy. I think the other reason why it's only just a plot point is, like, it doesn't ever, uh, sh like, shed light on a problem. It's just, like, here's this fucked up thing that happened. You fucking fucked up father. I had to watch this happen to her. Um, you didn't have to clean up the blood off of the floor. Like, it doesn't ever point out a problem. It's just this is a fucked up thing that happened because my dad was drinking, even though that's not... The correlation isn't necessarily there. But anyways, because he's so angry about this with his father at this Christmas dinner, Harden thinks it's a great idea to punch his father and then accidentally punches his arm through a glass cabinet. And family dinner is ruined. Um, as you do, and I have a, uh, I have a, I have a little blurb that perfectly sums up what, uh, we just had to go through. She's talking to her coworker about how her Christmas break was. But she's thinking this in her head. She doesn't say this out loud. Oh, you know, I took Harden back, then found out he made sex tapes with multiple girls, ruining one of their lives, but then I took him back again. My mother showed up at my apartment and caused a scene, so now, and caused a scene, so now she and I aren't speaking. Harden's mother was in town, so we had to pretend we were together, even though we weren't, which basically brought us back together, and it was a smooth sailing until my mother told his mother about him making my virginity for a, taking my virginity for a bet. Oh, and Christmas? To, com to commemorate the holiday, Harden beat the shit out of his dad and punched his hand through a glass cabinet. You know, the usual. We're only halfway <sighs> through the novel. But let's talk about something lighthearted. Savannah, let's talk about tampons. Except we can't call them tampons like a normal person because this is the 1800s. So Because Harden's British. Let's yeah. act this out. Okay, I want to okay, act this out. Okay, Do you okay. want to be Harden or Tessa? Um, I'm going to be Harden. What did you need from the store? Nothing. No, no. You said you needed to go to the store. What was it? Plugs or something. Plugs? You know, to plug yourself. I don't get it. Tampons. Oh. Do you even have a period? Oh my god, Harden, stop talking about it. What? You're embarrassed? I'm not embarrassed. It's just inappropriate. We've done quite a few inappropriate things, Teresa. 
Now, okay, like, like this interaction happened. I love how he asks, like, do you even have a period? Like, he's not aware that all women have periods. Like, I feel like I've told you this before, but I remember reading this account that this lady posted on Twitter where she was talking about how she, like, had to go get tampons at work, but they weren't allowed to leave their desk. So she was, like, sitting in a meeting with her boss, and at one point she was just like, I'm sorry, but I have to go to the bathroom. And he was like, you can't leave. And she was like, if you don't let me leave, I'm going. She was like, I, I like, it's that time of month I need to get a tampon. And he was like, I'm not letting you go to the bathroom to play with your sex toys. Just hold it. And she was like, hold what? Like, the the blood inside of it? Like, that's not... They, they have this whole conversation. And she finds out that he thinks that women can just, like, hold it. And that tampons are sex toys that they sell in the bathrooms. And that's you know, why they're women, taxed. You know women, when you go into the bathroom and you're inserting your <laughs> tampon and just play with yourself while you're in there are you fucking kidding me <laughs> he's like i thought women were just going into the bathroom to like buy sex toys and i was just like wow those lazy women <laughs> like and and i want to believe that this was like 10 years ago or whatever and that's why it happened but i know i 100 percent fucking know that there are still men who know nothing about tampons in fact Harden is so enlightened with periods, and he cares so little, that he interrupts Tessa while she's working, uh, and decides to have sex with her on her desk. And yeah, because he's fucking always turned on, like, and he never turns it off. But she's still on her period, and it talks about how he removes her tampon and throws it in the garbage, like, it's some sort of, like, <laughs> sexy maneuver. And I hate myself for having to read through these scenes. Like, why, Anna Todd? Like, why, Anna Todd? Like, you're in your place of work. <laughs> just, like, turn your dick off, Harden. Well, and, like, like, sure, period sex, normal thing. Why are we talking about, <laughs> why are we talking about the removal of the tampon in her workplace? I hate that we had to read this with our own eyes. For some fucking god-awful reason, Tessa and Harden think it's a good idea for them to go interact with Harden's friends. But he disappears for forever and just, like, leaves her. So she's she's just drinking by herself and, like, hanging out with some people and whatever. And he comes back downstairs. They, like, meet each other. And some girl... she Tessa had just gone to the bathroom. She's walking back up to Harden and she sees this girl um, and... Uh, and Harden talking, and she hears Harden go, can you maybe, can you do me a favor and maybe not mention to anyone that we were in Logan's room together? And the girl says, I never kiss and tell. And Tessa immediately is like, what the fuck? Rightfully so. She was not crazy in thinking that that was what happened. What she was crazy in doing, and me and Savannah very much disagree in this, but (laughs) Harden sees what Tessa has So, okay, I'm sorry. Harden turns and sees Tessa. All he sees of Tessa is she looks at him, fucking stalks right on off, and she finds this guy that hit on her earlier and just starts fucking making out with him. And then Cardin in a crazy rampage, because that's all Harden knows what to do, like, starts beating the shit out of this guy, and Tessa's like- He's always on crazy rampage level. (laughs) 
And Tessa's just like, oh, there goes Harden again, beating the shit out of people who hit on me. And then she just kind of, like, leaves. She, like, doesn't even give a shit that this guy is being beaten up. I know it looks bad. I understand that. I understand what it looked like that he was probably upstairs hooking up with someone. At the same time, don't you usually want to demand answers before you go up and, like, start making out with someone? You know what I mean? Like, what no, the I fuck, mean, you're dude? Right. Like, okay, You listen. can't just, you can, <laughs> like, of course he was fucking pissed when she starts making out with someone right in front of him. Like, she was not justified. No, she was like, not justified. And here's where we disagree. Like, I agree with you that they're both wrong here. We just disagree on how wrong they are because, like, no, you should never make out with someone else in front of your significant other or behind without their, back their or consent. Any, t- any time at all. Without like, their consent. Okay, yes, thank you for that addendum. You are right. But <laughs> that was important. Just looking at it from Tessa's point of view, she's very drunk. She thinks that Hardin just had sex with another girl. So in her mind, she's over there like, great, we're done. You just cheated on me. I'm going to go make out with this random guy who was flirting with me. Like, I get where she's coming from. And like finding out afterwards that he didn't, you're like, okay, well, you're going to stay together. So obviously that was wrong. But I don't think he has as much leverage against her as he thinks he does. Because he's just like, how could you ever believe I would do something like that, Tessa? And I'm like, um, A, B, C. Well, and, but, like, I guess in his defense, he doesn't realize necessarily what she's just seen. And to him, he's like, nothing happened. Because you find out Mm -hmm. later that the girl he was talking to was Dan's sister, who also miraculously forgave Harden for the fucked up thing that he did Which, because everyone just forgives him everyone just her, fucking forgives him <laughs> so that was fucked up that we just we just, were just smoking pot. over it but like from his like also from his perspective i can see where he's coming from where like he literally didn't do anything wrong he had just apologized to this girl and then he turns around and his yes. girlfriend I can is see like, where he intentionally making out now, with someone in front of him beat like the man within an inch of his life everyone is a bad wrong reaction everyone Most is likely wrong. not the best course of action you could have taken in that well, moment yeah i feel like that's where i feel like that's where harding <laughs> kind of pulls ahead and being more fucked up as he usually does <laughs> um and then he takes her phone and he leaves he just leaves, leaves her there. He's her ride home. She knows no one at this party and hates like 60% of the people there. She's been talking with Zed and she's like, can you just Rightfully drive so. her back to the apartment? Zed's like, sure. She's like having so much anxiety out in the hallway because she's like, Hardin is going to see Zed and murder him. Because Zed walked her up to the which door. Which is a, a constant concern right. that she has right. in her mind of like, Hardin's going to see this boy who is doing nothing with me whatsoever and murder him. She knocks on the door. Hardin opens the door and he's like, wow, look who decided to show up. He's wasted. He is wasted. Zed decides to stay there for a second because he also, he starts to fear, he starts to fear for Tessa. And Tessa throughout this whole thing, and this is also a common theme throughout the book, where she just keeps saying, I know he would never hurt me physically. Okay. Based off of what? Most people, most people don't have to like say those words and also he emotionally abused me and manipulated exactly, me and made me feel like exactly shit, but he never exactly. laid a finger on me like as if exactly. that's any exactly and and zed is honestly the only reasonable one at this point zed's like how is she supposed to get home if i didn't drive her and harden's like she's a big girl she can fend for herself 
<laughs> I'm like, what that like what is she supposed to do apparate home this isn't harry potter harden okay so then they get so zed ends up leaving he's throwing shit everywhere he's throwing vases he's throwing plates everything like that she eventually she eventually she locks she like barricades herself into the bedroom Mm -hmm. he's screaming at her that this is her fault as he's breaking stuff eventually she lets him into the bedroom and he grabs a hold of her wrist like he has done countless times harden you're going to hurt me his eyes meet mine and he lets go quickly when he raises a hand i flinch and slink back away from him but he's only running it uh, but he's only running it through his hair i see his eyes flash with panic you thought i was going to hit you he nearly whispers and i back away further i i don't know you were so angry and you're scaring me and then he gets mad He's, like, glaring at her, and he's like, I can't believe that you would ever think that, Tessa. Yeah, like, I wonder why she thinks that. I wonder whoever could have put that thought in her head, Harden. And then she's, like, convincing herself, like, five paragraphs later. She's like, we are good for each other because we push each other. (laughs) And I'm like, no, honey, no, a personal trainer pushes you. This is abuse. (laughs) This is straight up abuse. (laughs) She's like, despite all the fights and tension between us, there's passion. Keep using that word and I don't think it means what you think it means. (laughs) She's like praying that he won't bust through the door. She's like locked herself in the bathroom and she's like, we have passion. And he's like, does that let me in? She's like, it's okay because we love each other and we push each other. But we need to move on to something that's maybe a little bit more lighthearted because that it's just it's getting too heavy. And unfortunately, it doesn't stop getting heavy, but I need it to be less heavy. (laughs) Great. Take us somewhere else. Anywhere um, else. (laughs) So even though Tessa's willing to put up with his abusive behaviors, she can't really get over the fact that Hardin doesn't believe in marriage, Mm -hmm. doesn't want children, and is convinced that Tessa, after college, is moving to London with him when she wants to move to Seattle to work for a publishing company. It's strange because looking at, like, Edward and Carlisle, vampires are very open to marriage. But Hardin, for some reason, is not. So something makes me think that he's been removed from his clan and he's not in a safe environment. So then <laughs> we get to the next fucked up thing that uh, Hardin does. Where he comes home one night and hears Tessa in her sleep say Zed's name. So naturally, he leaves the apartment, goes to a bar, gets shit-faced, and doesn't come home all through the next day. Mm -hmm. Tessa is very freaked out because she wakes up in the morning and Hardin's not there. And she doesn't hear from him all day and has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to Hardin, because of course we go into his perspective, and Gross. he has woken up into in an apartment of this old flame that he used to hook up with, who he didn't hook up with that night, but it's also like 4pm and he just woke up with a hangover in some other girl's apartment, and he hasn't told his girlfriend where he is, and then he finally texts her something stupid that like didn't add up to his lies, and then the girl was trying to take him back to his car and they see an accident and then he realizes that <gasps> Tessa's the one in the accident, but it's, like, not serious. And anyways, Tessa's convinced that he cheated on her with this girl, which 
is drama, drama, drama. Fair. fair. It's a fair assumption. And Tess is like, okay, listen, I know I said last time that we were over, but, like, this time, like, for real, for real, we're over. Like, for realsies, I'm never speaking to you again. This is the last straw. And Harden, like, doesn't... He's so upset that she said Zed's name in her dream that he just, like, lets that be the end. Like, he doesn't contact her at all after Which, that. hallelujah. And then the book ends, and then it's just, like, she's with Zed, <laughs> and it's fine, and that's it, and we stop talking about <laughs> So he decides to run away to London. So she starts hanging out with Zed. They make out. She has emotional turmoil because Harden hasn't called her. Meanwhile, Harden is in London, and he runs into Natalie. She's like, I thought you moved to America. And he's like, yeah, I'm just back here visiting. And she's like, oh, well, how are you? And she's like, I'm really, really good. And she, like, rubs her hands on her stomach, and he realizes that she's pregnant. (laughs) And he has this moment where he's like, swollen belly? Oh, God. No, wait. The timeline didn't add up. It's been like Three years hearted like how long do you think pregnancies last <laughs> you fucking idiot he knows about periods but he doesn't know about pregnancy <laughs> so then they start talking and she wraps her arms around him and hugs him and she's like no i forgive you you didn't ruin my life it all worked out in the end this is the best thing that ever happened to me i had nowhere to go so i found a new church and then because my church exiled me and then i met my new husband there and now we have a baby and everything happens for a reason i guess right and she's laughing about it and i'm just like there is no fucking way that we're twisting hardin's abuse to her benefit like like i'm glad that she moved on and she was able to fix her life but there is no way that we're crediting hardens abuse i am disgusted meanwhile tessa and zed are still dating Mm -hmm. harden ends up coming back into the states they see each other at a dinner one night and tessa has no idea that harden is back in town he isn't necessarily trying to win her back, but he's not not trying to win her back. (laughs) At this dinner, Tessa realizes, so she sees Harden. Him and Zed fight and argue, and it gets physical. Harden ends up shoving Tessa to the ground on accident, because he didn't know it was her. He thought it was Zed, but it wasn't. So they get into this argument at this party. Tessa ends up leaving with Zed. She goes home with Zed. She's been staying with him. She ends up falling asleep in his bed with him. Nothing happens. Harden shows up at Zed's apartment. Burson loses his shit. She's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, no, what are you doing here? And she's like, how did you get in here? And he's like, Tyler, let me in. You're in his bed. How could you be in his bed? And Zed's like, you can't just come into my apartment and tell her to leave. And he's like, I can. I just did. Tessa, you're coming with me. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere. And it's just like. (laughs) Well, and eventually she leaves with him because she's like, it's easier for me to leave with him than to deal with this bullshit. So she goes home with him. He takes her back to Landon's house. He breaks everything in that house. And then. I'm pretty sure they have sex after that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure somehow they made up <laughs> through that. And as they're leaving, as they're leaving, Harden's like, it must suck to be a little bitch and not be able to do shit about me showing up in his apartment in the middle of the night and taking Tessa with me. Oh, so after that happens, 
Harden decides he needs to take Tessa on a date. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he's got to make up for the fact that he you know, just destroyed the dates where she blushes because he says inappropriate things and she's scared of him. <laughs> right. He wants to do the that The ideal again. girlfriend. <laughs> Whatever, their date goes well. And it's Harden's birthday. It only goes well and because they go to Target. Tessa's, or I'm sorry, Harden's birthday happens. Tessa decides to not go to Harden's birthday party. Probably a good call. They throw, like, a big frat party for him. Tessa gets a text from Harden, and Harden's like, hey, this party's lame. Like, what are you up to? And she's like, oh, nothing. And he's like, great. Like, can I come over in, like, an hour and we can hang out? And she's like, yeah, sounds good. So, like, she goes downstairs, bakes him a cake with his stepmom. It's like, it, it like, it's kind of nice if you take away all of the shitty things that Harden's done. <laughs> If you and pretend then, it's a different Harden. <laughs> if you pretend that it's not the same book at all, Halfway it's kind through of the, the novel Harden leaves and the actual Harry Styles comes in. <laughs> and it's really cute because it's like, wow, it's like this nice British celebrity who's not abusive or toxic. Let's break him a cake. <laughs> she really likes then, One Direction. And so it's just like this meet cute. And then the book ends. <laughs> she makes him a cake and Harry's like, wow, thanks. And then... They leave, <laughs> and Harden gets shot. But like unfortunately, old that's not what. Oh my God. Throwback. <laughs> that was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, Harden does not die like old Yeller. Unfortunately, Harden never shows up. Um, instead, you have Tessa, who is pissed that she got stood up. Harden never sent the text messages to Tessa. He deduces that Zed, when he had his phone, was the one that texted Tessa and then deleted the messages saying that he was coming over. Because Zed is really jealous, but also they have this, like, long-standing rivalry rivalry because Zed is a werewolf. (laughs) And he and his clan, that's all. Somehow her and Harden find some sort of resolution where they decide to be together again um hard she tells Harden, she's like whatever you do please don't do anything to zed and he says fine i'll do that as long as you don't talk to zed and she's like great and then the end of the book is Harden beating the absolute living shit out of zed in fact This all happens on campus in the middle of the fucking day in front of a whole bunch of people. He beats up a professor as well, I think. He gets arrested by campus, by campus police. Yes. His fucking (laughs) father, his fucking father, who is like the dean of students or some shit, is like trying to get him out of this. And they're all like, he just assaulted a professor and a student. Like, he's going to be lucky if he's not expelled. Zed was beaten so badly, he's sent to the hospital that they sent Tessa to try and convince Zed to not press charges against Harden. And Zed's like, you know what, Tessa? This is not emotional manipulation at all. This is totally normal. You know what, Tessa? You make some great points. I won't press charges against Harden. And then her and Harden are together. The very last scene of the book is Tessa's father shows up. But... The most important thing that happens. No. 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 We're not talking about vampires and werewolves anymore. It's not that. Oh, is it really not? I don't believe you. It's not. The most important thing that happens is that Steph gets a cluster of bird tattoos. (laughs) I missed that. 
<laughs> I look over at the small and freshly inked cluster of birds drawn into Steph's skin. It's sort of lovely, actually. Oh, birds. Mm. Anyways, everything sucks, and I... I I'm exhausted. Final I'm thoughts? So tired. My final thought is that I want to be done with this book. <laughs> Honestly, those are some very fair final thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's it's set in the 1800s. There is not enough blatant werewolf and vampirism to entertain me. And that's all. There's no fairies. There's not a single fairy. And I just don't care. Caitlin, what are your final thoughts? I feel like things in this book are so ridiculous. Every single event that happens would be a big deal in any other book. But because this book is compiled of so many horrible, (laughs) awful, shitty things that you just don't know what else to do other than laugh. I hate that these are being made into a movie. Like, I hate that this was published as a book. But I hate that these are being made into movies in 2020. And, like, 2019 and and 2020. I'm just like, we grown past this question mark like well and you know like they know better we've never we've never seen the movie but like i have to assume they've taken out a majority of the terrible things they must have but like who read this book and was like let's make this into a movie that's a great idea like this is a romance this is legitimately but no legitimately it doesn't matter what the content is the fact that this had over a billion reads online and still was a successful published book, it's something to make money off of. I just hate that, like, I hate that it's being marketed as a romance because you start reading it and I feel like you just, like, right. get on this train where you're watching this girl go back to her abuser over and over again and he keeps doing more and more fucked up things and you just, like, can't get off the train and I just want to get off the train, you know? Right, right. That's all um but on a happier note let's move on to something happy (laughs) we got a little bit behind when reading our our emails that you guys sent into us i'm gonna be honest it's because we're not anticipating them ever (laughs) we just like honest honestly you guys straight up we are shocked when we realize that people actually like listen to this Mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how much it means to us that you guys not only listen but listen to multiple episodes take the time to write in to us we had someone who gave us fan art that we posted on instagram and it was the funniest fucking thing i've ever seen in my entire life if you haven't seen it please go look at the instagram (laughs) at worst thing we read because wow um we'll explain more about it because she wrote us an email as well but we want to get into a couple of emails that were sent earlier than that that we weren't able to read yet and i think caitlin has those pulled up Yes. So we have um, from Allison, who says, I randomly found you in OMG. You guys are amazing. I can't wait for you guys to read the next two selection books, um, which they're already out. So Allison, we have those for you. <laughs> um, they are so bad. I don't know that much about you guys. You should totally do a Q&A or something. Um, which, and then, really good point. Um, I feel like we would love to do that at some point. Michael writes in and says, does this make me the second fan to send in an email? The answer is... No, but we don't appreciate you any less, Michael. Uh, my friend <laughs> Robin introduced me. So, <laughs> good job. Uh, my friend Robin intro. Oh, Robin! I wonder if this is the same Robin that was on Instagram. Oh, I hope it is. I hope that they're full friends. circle. 
Full wow. circle. Um, introduce me to your podcast and I love it. Sometimes I drive a lot for work and the worst thing uh, makes the drive a lot more entertaining. I was looking for a podcast to fill the void while my dad wrote a porno takes a break and I found it. Keep up the great podcast. First of all, the fact that our podcast was mentioned in the same email as my dad wrote a porno is like Honored. probably the biggest honor we've ever received I'm because blushing. that is the funniest <laughs> fucking podcast I've ever listened to in my entire life. So thank you, Michael and Allie. We appreciate you guys writing in. If you guys want to write in an email to us, it's worst thing we read at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Instagram is worst thing we read. And Twitter is worst T H N G we read. For my, for the recommended other medium other than just books um i wanted to give a shout out to our very own savannah who has been writing articles on oh, no. medium <laughs> which are very beautiful and thought-provoking and personal experiences and i think that she deserves a lot more love than she maybe gives herself credit for That's but she's really a great writer nice i think you should go read her her name is savannah tiffany um, oh, i dropped my microphone i was so overcome with emotion you know what we're gonna do what are we gonna do we'll post for one of our instagram um for one of our Instagram posts and for one of our Twitter posts, I'll uh, post one of her articles. I'll let you pick which article, but I'll make the post so that you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, because um, I feel really awkward right now. <laughs> but, but seriously, she deserves love. So the actual thing that you should go read this week is called uh, Red, White, and Royal Blue. It's by Casey McQuiston. I'm pronouncing her name right, right? I think so, yeah. I think so. Okay. Um, I don't have the book in front of me, but I remember it because I read it twice, like, one right after the other. Um, It's set in this parallel universe where this woman gets elected instead of Trump, and her son ends up having this, like, really um, romantic love affair. This romantic love affair with Prince Henry. (laughs) And from England. Listen, it's like this great love-hate relationship where they, like, are forced together for PR and then they end up, like, falling, falling for love. each other. And it is adorable and gorgeous and beautifully written. It's hilarious. It made me laugh out loud. And I'm going to turn the time over to you because I made you read it. <laughs> I've been trying for so long. Listen, <laughs> I've had the uh, hands-down worst month of my life i can attest to that it would be the worst month for a lot of people (laughs) the we're never gonna talk about it but (laughs) that sounds healthy the the, um the like literally the only happy thing that i could look forward to throughout my day was going home and reading this book and it just like I, like, had to stop myself from reading it all in, like, one or two goes because I just, like, wanted to prolong the feeling that it gave me. I did the same thing. I've never, I've never had a book that just, like, made me so happy. Unlike After We Collided. Which has made me the angriest I have ever been in my depressed, arguably. (laughs) The most exhausted. So, yeah. Um... There's with that. Some, some good fucking media for you. And yes. with that, we we really appreciate y'all. Really, thank you so yes. much. And we all will... 
all 1300 downloads of you guys which we can't even begin to fathom which we log on every five minutes to check (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) um yeah thank you and we will see you all next week not with our eyes but with our mouths